Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition, a bonus edition of Stay Busy with Armand Sather. I'm your host, Armand Sather, vegan chorizo poppy, founder of BNB. We are here for yet another bonus edition. And yes, I'm talking to another wrestler. This was a very, very special interview for me. This guy has been my favorite wrestler for quite some time. He has had an incredible last few years winning the WWE Championship twice, the Intercontinental Championship once, winning the Royal Rumble, defeating Brock Lesnar, defeating Randy Orton, defeating Goldberg. He took some time off after this past WrestleMania. He came back at Money in the Bank to a rousing applause, and now he is preparing to take on Gunther, the longest reigning intercontinental champion of the modern era, who is on the brink of breaking all-time records. This is none other than Drew McIntyre. Drew and I talk about the time he took off, all of the internet narratives surrounding his time off contract issues and wanting to leave the company and all this other stuff. We talk about going up against Gunther and his feelings on that. We talk about the chops and how the fact that Drew's chops end up being a little louder than Gunther's. Uh, We talk about some of his favorite matches throughout his career. And of course we talk about what Drew McIntyre is listening to awesome conversation i was genuinely in awe speaking to this guy and um, i hope that you all enjoy it too so we're going to take a quick break and then when we get back you will see me speaking with the scottish warrior sometimes called the scottish psychopath the swordsman himself the powerhouse with a lot of speed drew mcintyre hope y'all enjoy This episode of Stay Busy with Armand Sadler is brought to you by Our Gateway Universe. Our Gateway is an ever-expanding digital universe born through uniting a diverse pool of artists and creators that share a passion for creating incredible digital experiences. Our Gateway will find its next expression in an Android and iOS digital card game where gamers will transform their devices into the OG universe portal and engage in a digital card battle experience like never before seen. Our Gateway team members have worked on projects like League of Legends, Marvel Snap, Gods Unchained, and more. Help bring the Our Gateway universe to life through the Kickstarter campaign. Backing the project brings back value in the form of original comics, collectible cards and posters, and premium merch, all based on partner athletes and original characters from the game. Click the link in this episode's description to see more. We're excited to see where these guys take it as they grow. Drew McIntyre, how are you? Marvelous, marvelous. I'm hanging out at the house uh, where I got to spend a lot of time uh, post-WrestleMania since I was off for three months. Uh, but I'm also excited because I'm back at work and I got a big match coming up with Gunther at SummerSlam. Yeah, I wanted to get into that. You, over the last few years, have not taken much time off. You know, we know that you've been working through injuries and through sickness. So how did how did that feel mentally to be sitting at home not working there were reports of contract issues which were clearly false so how, how did it feel to be off for so much time yeah um you know i get a little stir crazy when i sit still for too long but sometimes it's necessary to kind of step outside the bubble to get perspective again and i guess that was the biggest thing for me and i did have a couple of things that needed fixed and for once it didn't involve you know, physical therapy. So I was able to be kind of stationary and take care of other projects uh, that I've been working on and be home with the family and uh, I guess decompress. And it was pretty cool as much as I was missing being in the ring. And I did see everything online and 
there's a lot, a lot of stories, and I can, I can see some of them were true, some of them were not. And there was about thirty different ones. <laughs> no one will ever know which ones I'm going to talk about. But obviously, I wouldn't talk about them publicly anyway. Uh, but I can't say I'm excited to be back in front of our fans and, um, yeah, I've again a, a renowned appreciation for what a refound appreciation for what I do, and uh, just because of that time off. Absolutely. And now that you've kind of experienced that, you know, you talk about spending time with your family and just kind of getting that time to regroup. Did you ever envision yourself maybe taking on a reduced schedule or you got kind of continue with the, with the workhorse mentality? Not if possible. Um, the only way I would do that is if it was physically necessary. Um, like right now, even though I might not be on every, every raw or every live event, I hear you, I'm, busier than I've ever been with with other stuff that's going on like as soon as I came back I've been hitting the ground running getting all over the place and um I know like in entertainment and this industry you know that you got to strike when iron's hot when opportunities are there and there's going to be peaks there's going to be valleys and it's you know how you deal with the valleys hey was what divine defines you you know even in the past year McIntyre's been at the highest of high perhaps Clash of the Castle but I knew we had to come down I know it was going to be a, like a, a low period. It's how you deal with that. But knowing you'll come back up if you just work hard and give it your all and keep keep that belief. And that led to a triple threat in Mania. And um, the time off, you know, it was necessary. Um, but also as a side effect, kind of led to hopefully the fans missing McIntyre, all the stories that came out. Uh, so the response to everybody I had to some of these stories and it was a kind of good feeling reminded me just, the kind of connection I've built with a lot of the, you know, the the fans out there who were standing up for me and wondering what was going on with my future. And that was pretty cool to see and to return and hear the responses that I've had since I returned and come right into this big IC title match is very exciting for me. And I know going forward, there's going to be a lot of fun, interesting and different uh, situations for McIntyre to, to dive into. Absolutely. That that pop at Money in the Bank was was massive. You came in, you claymored Gunther. Um, obviously, you two have mixed it up before. Well, what's your mindset going into a singles match with Gunther? He's been dominant over the last year. He's put down some of the biggest opponents, some of the smallest opponents, and you kind of function in that hybrid where you're a powerhouse, but you're also super quick and athletic. So how, how are you feeling going into this matchup? Oh, good. Um, I wish we had more time to, to build it a little bit. Uh, the good thing is, I know people are just excited about the idea of Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. So that's helpful that people want to see the match to begin with. You don't have to build to make them want to see it. Um, he needs an opponent that's a genuine threat. Uh, um, I need an opponent that, you know, is interesting and different that people want to see. I feel like there was a minute where McIntyre was just kind of floating, mm. uh, which I never want to be doing. I always want to be moving up. And there's a period where I felt like I flatlined and that was a little frustrating, but it led into the, you know, Seamus thing and then the Seamus Gunther McIntyre thing. Um, but yeah, I just wish we had a little more time to tell the story, but thankfully we've maximized the the little time we've had with each other. Um, and he is such a force right now. doesn't need much storytelling to tell Kong versus Godzilla, but I'll be <laughs> able to come back and, uh, you know, have the moment where I inevitably put him through the table after he was so dominant just right before that and stand over him and let him know, Hey, you might've been, you know, dominant with everyone else, but you've got a little bit big for your britches, uh, sunshine and, you know, Andrew McIntyre, the same guy that's beat Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton and Goldberg and a list of opponents. Hey, a mile long, you're about to get a wake-up call and you might not get to break 
honky talk man's record because old Drew McIntyre is looking for his moment with a title in front of fans. Mm-hmm. And for for you and this IC title match, obviously over the last couple of years, you won the WWE Championship twice. You were contending for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship against Roman Reigns. And I remember several years ago when John Cena and Roman Reigns were going at it in a promo battle, Cena said Reigns looked at the US title as a demotion. Mentally for you, knowing that you're contending for the IC title after being in world title contention, how does how does that feel? Does it feel like a step down for you? You obviously held the IC title before as well, but does it feel like a demotion or is this something that you're kind of just like, no, like this is what I want right now? No, absolutely not. And it wouldn't matter what title it was. I would not feel like a demotion to me because my goal would be to elevate it when I got my hands on it. But thankfully, I don't have to do that because Gunther has done that already over this past 400 plus days. He's been on an incredible run. He's made the title mean more than it has for years. And uh, the world title is still in its infant stages. And Seth's doing the same thing. He's trying to bring a prestige to a brand new title. So it could be argued the IC title means just as much, if not more, right now because of what Gunther has done with it. And you give him an opponent uh, of a Drew McIntyre level together. It's our job to make the IC title match uh, feel even bigger than the world title match. And thankfully, Seth and Finn being so competitive, they want the world title match. To mean more they want it to be the best match and overall it means more for uh, raw as a whole it's obviously smackdown and everything goes through the bloodline is about the bloodline and roman's title reign now on raw we got a lot going on and judgment day i've really got a lot of steam going right now and it's a three-hour show so you need a lot of characters with a lot of steam to keep raw interesting for three hours and it feels like that's the case right now and i was listening the other night and as i say i've I just got drafted to Raw and I haven't been as many TVs as I would like to have since I returned, but I could hear, wow, the crowd are really invested still. And we're in the second hour and we're going to the third hour. They're still making noise. And by the time I went out to talk into my entrance, but by that time, usually you're know, a bit of a lull and a bit tired. It's not the kind of response you get if you come out second or third on the show. And I was like, wow, the energy's still going in here. This was cool. It's just a testament to how the show's flowing now and uh, the characters that are getting over with the fans. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a super hot period. We see it in the ratings. We see it in the social media fanfare. WWE is hot right now. So adding you back into the mix just makes it even better. Now, in particular, you and Gunther, something that people talk about a lot. I remember uh, Survivor Series 2019, the five on five on five match or this past Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. Um, you you keep up with Gunther pretty well with the chops. Some people argue that your chops are louder than his, and we, we've seen that play out. And Gunther's chops are known as a signature, you know, move within his moveset. So, like, what what goes into those chops that you're laying into Gunther? Like, how, how do you make them so, so vicious? It's not really a trick. <laughs> like, in wrestling, <laughs> if something looks painful, it's probably painful. <laughs> it's just <laughs> who happens to hit harder. <laughs> I guess is the case with the, the chop. There's a little techniques you can use, but realistically, it's just who hits the hardest. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's got those big shovel hands, but so do I. <laughs> and uh, most people don't like, you know, being on the receiving end of our chop with each other. You know, it's a case of we're not, we're not just hitting others who try to hit us back, which is fine, I guess, like for myself. I am like a heel tries to hit me back. It's kind of entertaining. Because I am babyface, I can just hit back and then big cheer. But if you're a babyface and you get annoyed with his chop, you try to fight back and you can't do one as loud, then it makes you look kind of bad as a babyface. You probably don't want to fight back. So in this case, it's cool because I can hit him. He can get angry, hit me harder. I can get angry, hit him harder. And the only people that wins are the fans out there. And us as well, because that's our style. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you've really come into your own as a baby face over the last few years. Obviously you, when you returned, you were a heel alongside Dolph Ziggler and you established yourself as a super dominant baby face who had kind of a, kind of a badass edge to him, but, but still were pretty popular among the fans. How do you feel about this era of baby faces and heels? I feel like a lot of fans will want a dominant baby face and then they'll kind of get tired of it. Like, Oh, he's winning too much or they'll, they'll cheer heels. Like it's just a really weird dynamic sometimes between fans and the alignment of characters. Yeah. And, uh, and the thing is the fans are going to do what they're going to do and they're going to like what they want to like. And as long as they're making noise, that's the most important thing. Um, I'm quite frankly shocked. Uh, people have stayed with me for over th- like I'm gonna three and a half years or something. I've been a good guy now. And in today's day and age, that might as well be like a 20 year run. <laughs> People's attention spans <laughs> are pretty short. I've seen other characters turn good and bad and good and bad by the time I've still been a good guy. And obviously we didn't have fans for a long period. And I was curious what they're gonna react like when when they came back after seeing just so much Drew content during the pandemic period, but they've stayed with me and with other periods where we go up and get louder, periods where it comes down slightly, but you know, they've stuck behind me and it's pretty incredible. And some of our other characters might go out thinking they're going to get cheered and they get booed. And they're like, I can't believe they're booing me. Like, they're, they're making noise. That's all that matters. They're like, like the reverse, you know, you're a bad guy and you're getting cheered, which I think is, you know, you probably should be upset about that. But I guess if they're making noise, there's a good thing. If you're supposed to be bad, maybe don't say cool things or do cool things or, or try to be disliked. You get certain characters who are bad. Like a Gunther is a different kind of bad guy. He's dominant. I'm going to beat you and beat you to a lot of people, including me. I can't let that guy even matter. But when the time, it, the time is right, you come up against a Drew McIntyre and he shows a little trepidation, a little fear, like, oh, okay, that's my guy there. So he's a badass, but he's worried about this guy. Or when he goes for what he'd usually do, runs through Riddle the other night, beats me up, goes to put me through the table like he's done to everyone else, and McIntyre counters it and puts him through the table. He has to go back and go, oh, no, this guy's different. Maybe I do like have a legitimate threat now, and I've been so cocky. Now he is the heel, but we also know he's that badass. We also know McIntyre's that badass. And you beat Kong versus Godzilla. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy matchup. I can't wait. Honestly, I I feel like that match could could steal the show. And obviously there are some huge matches. We got the tribal combat. We got Seth versus Finn, as you said, um Beck, uh, Becky Trish. There's there's a SummerSlam is shaping up to be a pretty good card. But anytime yeah. Gunther and Drew are on the card, it's automatically like this this match might steal the show. Okay, and that's our goal, and it's every other match you just mentioned's goal as well. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you are contending for the Intercontinental Title, but we know you had World Title aspirations last year. I, there's a lot of people who feel like you are one of Roman Reigns' best opponents uh, throughout his his long reign, um, and you've also mixed it up with Seth Rollins retaining the title against him at Money in the Bank 2020. Looking ahead, assuming you're going to have World Title aspirations again. Are you more interested in getting another opportunity at Roman Reigns or are you interested in contending with Seth Rollins and redefining this new legacy of the world heavyweight title that's come back? Yeah, I think my focus is Raw now that I'm on Raw. And like with the Roman thing, like uh, just when you think, you know, it must be at its end, like there's another layer comes into it. And uh, yeah, I think I had my big opportunity there there was maybe a way we could have done a finish involving theory but maybe that would have messed up the bloodline story and um, so things happen the way they happen and i think mcintyre's period with roman is done for now certainly unless something comes up 
storyline wise, it makes complete sense. I just can't see it right now. Like my focus is on the Intercontinental Championship. And if I do I get my hands on that, how do I take it to the next level after Gunther's done such an incredible job? And or if I end up in the, the world title, it's the exact same thing. It's a new title. Everybody involved in that uh, Intercontinental title and world title scene is such a workhorse, does want to elevate the title to the next level. So I'm excited, whatever comes my way, because I'm surrounded by people with the exact same mindset on Raw, where we just want to elevate everything and everyone around us. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of great people here. You, as someone who has elevated your character work over the last couple of years, and uh, with the draft that just happened, Grayson Waller coming up, Cameron Grimes coming up, Pretty Deadly coming up, who, who are some of the characters that you're looking at who are, who've hit the ground running um, just coming to the main roster? Like, Who are some people that, that are impressing you? Uh, I think who's mentioned a few there. They're doing a great job thus far. Also, the Pretty Deadly are so different. Uh, so I like about you know them, um, and they're not afraid to to get heat, and they're not small guys. I met them the other day, and I guess that one of them told me that he attacked me on a show in Independence, and I dropped him, which I'd love to say I, rem- I remembered, but you know he was talking about it was a pretty cool moment, which made me feel old. And um, so they're definitely I got a big future ahead of them. So so entertaining, um, but for the people over the past couple of years that have came in or been brought back. You know, the top of the list is Gunther on the Imperium, I think. I mean, I don't even think I know. They've just fit in seamlessly. You can put them anywhere. And, and you know, Giovanni and Ludwig as well. So talented in their own right. It's fun to um, give Ludwig a shining moment on Monday, you know, on the microphone. And then a match where he was competitive with McIntyre and a match where it could have just ran right through him. And a lot of people might have argued it should have been the case, building a match with Gunther to show the true Kong, but I think I know there's a way to do it where you can help everybody in the situation. I think we're able to elevate him while helping McIntyre get to where he needs to get to and get the story where he needs to get to with Gunther. Absolutely. You, as someone who's been in the business for a long time, had your first run, left, went elsewhere, was successful, came back, been super successful. You you, you know the in and outs, you know the highs and lows. And mentorship is a really big thing that a lot of wrestlers talk about. Have have any younger wrestlers come to you and asked you for advice, whether it's in-ring work, promo work, or even outside of that, just balancing your, your very busy schedule and, and life in, in the ring? Yeah, they have. And I'm always here. And sometimes when I was out, I get a text here and there just asking questions. But I am very much available to everybody. I don't impose myself on anybody unless they're doing something that directly affects the quality of the show then i will stick my my nose in there but i try not to <laughs> impose on anyone's business unless you're hurting the quality of the show by doing something that's going to hurt the show which nobody really does and if they're doing it generally it's unintentional i'll just throw a suggestion their way and hopefully they'll take it because the next time they do it if it hurts the show it won't be a suggestion <laughs> <laughs> for sure well, what are some of your favorite matches that you've been in over the last few years? I've I've got my own list, but I would like to know from you personally uh, some of your favorite matches you've had. And off the top of my head, I'm definitely going to forget some. Also, the triple threat from Mania, Gunther and Sheamus. There's been a couple of singles with Sheamus, and there's nobody there. That, uh, no holds barred match. Um, I like that one a lot. When I had the war paint on, um, the Donnybrook match was fun as well with Sheamus. Uh, obviously, the Roman match at Clash of the Castle. The Seth match you mentioned was one of the first ones with no fans there. And just if anyone knew the way it came down and how much just was made up out there 
in front of nobody. So when you listen to a crowd, we're listening to an internal crowd. They'd be shocked if I considered the quality of the match. They just went out there and just did it. Yeah. Most ninety percent of it just out there, uh, and that's a few that just pop into mind right away. At this stage of your career, what 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 do you have left that you would like to accomplish? Are there any things you haven't done in the WWE that you would like to say? All right, like when when I look back, I'm happy that I was able to do that in addition to everything else I accomplished. I think just staying on the path I'm on right now. I just want to make sure I get in interesting compelling stories um it's cool like coming out and getting you know the cheer people are happy to see drew and um, but i've always wanted to be in something interesting that gets you emotionally invested as well and i know there was a period where i wasn't doing that and thankfully i got back into it when i got with Sheamus and laid into that triple threat but i want to make sure we keep evolving keep adding layers to the character keep doing um, all the cool things i get to do outside the ring and get that title reign in front of fans finally, you know, with the title and, you know, the character itself, I'm willing to go any direction that's going to be interesting. I know people are calling for a, a heel turn, but <laughs> I'm not willing to to do that unless it makes, you know, perfect sense. Um, you know, we've got a lot of equity in McIntyre and when I show up places like Special Olympics, whatever, and see the effect, you know, WWE and McIntyre has on people, uh, I can understand, you know, Cena's perspective of not turning for so long and he was up to such a higher level right. um, and did so much outside the ring um, that I can understand, you know, what he was coming from. Uh, but for the right time, the right moment, and the, if it was entertaining for the fans, I would be about that. One of my favorite runs outside the company was as a hero. And when that dark side comes out, it's pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the heel turn, too, because I've I've been a part of those conversations. I've seen those conversations. Um, and I, I do find it interesting that fans always think like a heel turn is just going to fix everything. Like that's that's the, that's what someone needs to do to redefine yeah. their character. Then, you know, look at the bigger picture. And then who do they work with? And what is the story? And what's their motivation? Is a lot more to it than just just be a bad guy. What a great idea. Then what? <laughs> For the next 51 weeks. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 fascinating. This is why everyone is in Booker's. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank God, so, they change yeah. their mind every week. <laughs> right, and so clearly, you're you mentioned you're aware of of what's said on the internet. Like, how how often do you? Because I I know there are certain celebrities who like search their name and see what people say about them. Like, how how do you handle? the online critiques, the online discourse? Do you spend a lot of time reading it? Do you try to ignore it? Do you end up laughing at most of it? No, I mean, I would go crazy. I know I'd go crazy if they went through all of it, I imagine. Um, but no, I see what's on mine. Uh, like, it seems like a lot more since Twitter changed. I see a lot more things that I didn't used to see. But um, yeah, nothing like affects me, washes off my back. I can't, after 22 years of wrestling, like I'm pretty, pretty hard shell on the outside. And like you say, I laugh at the ones that make me chuckle. And I got a buddy who always sends me the, you know, pertinent headlines or whatever. Here's what people are saying today, especially when I was out. He sent me everything so I could see what people were saying. And I wouldn't know how to use a Reddit, but he's like, hey, there's this topic on Reddit or whatever. I, I can even look it up and find a Reddit thing if, I, if my life depended on it. But he'll send me a link I can click. So that's how I keep up to date with the main stuff that people are talking, if they're talking about me, he's sending me over so I can see what's going on. <laughs> it's, there's some f very funny narratives online. It's it's always entertaining to read. <laughs> oh, yeah, the time off, it was pretty incredible. And some of it, I was like, wow, I didn't know that. It's actually right. And oh, wow, that one's nowhere near right. So it was pretty interesting. <laughs>
lastly, we, we we got to hear Drew McIntyre's vocals uh, at Clash of the Castle after the match with Roman Reigns. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. you, <laughs> so, so I got to ask about Drew McIntyre's music taste. What music are you listening to when you're driving the car before matches, traveling? Like, what's what's on Drew McIntyre's playlist? Not American Pie ever again. <laughs> and I didn't like that to begin with, and yeah, well, I tried it, I didn't like it afterwards. <laughs> and I don't know, like yeah, American Pie in the UK, I was like, oh, I don't think people know this song, and they didn't know this song, and it wasn't the right time. And I had a couple of choices, and I didn't realize we were still in the air, to be honest. Right. I, I can, I can either keep going with this, or I can just try something different. And I was like, screw, it. I'm trying something different. There's too many people; they're very angry, they're confused right now. Let's get an Oasis sing along going. And I did not realize it was on the air and set everyone up for Don't Look Back in Anger. And that was kind of a cool moment. I much preferred that to sing an American Pie that I set everyone up and sang Don't Look Back in Anger with 50,000 plus people. And I was like, all right, if I could take this clip and not put it at the end of the biggest loss of my life and put it separate, I'm leading everyone in a sing song on Oasis. That's a cool <laughs> moment. It was just completely separate from what happened over here. But yeah, my playlist is such a variety. I've got. Uh, Things you'd expect, like rock music, especially eighties, nineties rock music. I got um no my goodness, country. I'm living in Nashville now. I suddenly get into Outlaw Country with Waylon Jennings and Hank Williams and the like. I get R and B, hip hop, uh like my brother and I listened to like uh Drew two thousand one and M and M's pieces more kids. We shared the room and our mom would just cough like our head in the room and go. What are they saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> geez, what is wrong with you? And actually, I'm like, Snoop as well. I'm actually a member of Death Row Records now. So perhaps I'm going to work. I've got my chain. There we <laughs> go. Going to work in my, my next record. <laughs> Since I wasn't a, ba- wasn't a band, as you know, once upon a time with 3 and And uh, I'm from Europe, so dance music's on there as well. Uh, there's just a bunch of everything. I'm into basically every genre of music. And uh, even the K-pop stuff is so catchy. Let's get some of that on my, my playlist as well. Absolutely. I love that, man. I love that. Well, you you, you have to send me a playlist so I can so I can hear what what all the diversity of Drew McIntyre's uh, ear. Blow your mind. Like, what on <laughs> earth is going on here? Like, you go from this to this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Drew, I want to thank you so much for giving me your time. I want to wish you the best of luck in your match with Gunther. I, I can't wait to see it. I'll, I'll actually be at SummerSlam live uh, in person, okay. so I can't, can't wait to hear those chops uh, <laughs> ringing out in a stadium. Um, and yeah. <laughs> I hope I don't hurt my hand before that, but it would be a nightmare if I got a hand injury before that match. I was like, oh, oh man. That's 90% of the match right there. <laughs> God forbid, but <laughs> congratulations on all your success over the last few years. We're all so happy to have you back. Um, and I personally love using the U and uh, hitting people with the Claymore kicks in 2K23. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing that. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too, bro. Thank you for having me. Fun Thank chat. you so I'll much. See you at SummerSlam Live. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy. Taking time, getting right. Got the slice, I'm the size, I'm the size, running down, running down. No, we hold it down.